you know, you've got the lads around for the football and then these, and then it showed the feature, but it also showed the benefit and then the dimensional benefit and then walking yourself through that. Now, I'm going to go and buy a new surround sound system soon when we move house and I'm going to be thinking about that. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladles and jelly spoon boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon uh, private label sellers, a subset of the amazing FBA family of podcasts. Today we are welcoming Paul Ace of Amplify C and we're going to be talking about how to amplify your business using conversational copy. Cool topic. Paul and his team help seven figure online sellers generate an extra six to seven figures in extra revenue in 90 days. So it's AmplifyC.com, I think is the name of the business, Paul. So, AmplifyC.com, uh, yeah. Amplify Ccom, sorry, I get it right. Amplify Ccom, <laughs> you got a fun name to play with there on every single podcast, haven't you, Paul? Welcome to okay. the show. Yeah, yeah, excited to dive in. Excellent. So, why do we start with this? This is an interesting question. Conversational copy. First of all, what is that, and why are you called Ccom? What is that all about? Yes, yeah, so Ccom stands for conversational commerce. Right. So and I, I can't take credit for for coining the term conversational commerce. But if you look back to the early 2000s, right, and remember when it was like the, the whole e-com boom and everyone was like, hey, there's this thing called the Internet and you can sell stuff on it. And at, at that point, people are like, oh, yeah, this e-com thing, I don't think it'll really take off. If you look in the last 12, 18 months, um, even last five years, you can just see this like rise and rise and rise of it. And now this is like the the next wave of e-com is, is C-com, right? Which is all about that conversation experience because what what's changed in the last 15, 20 years, people want instant gratification and personalized service. So we, we, we look out, we can create both through conversational commerce. And it's also the way that we write because now people like feel like they want that personalized service, right? But if you're writing copy, to a mass market, you can't give a personalized response to every single person. So you write in such a way that feels like you're having a conversation rather than feeling like you're just trying to sell stuff at someone and take taking away a little bit of that like overhype, right? So you, you just see all these kind of like, and some of that overhype works in, in some respect and it might quite often as well get you the first sale, but will it get you the next sale and the next sale and the next sale? So one of the big things that we focus on is something called LTV, which is lifetime customer value. So it's not just about, hey, what advertising or marketing or copy did you put out there to make the first sale? But what did you do to bring them on in a way 
where they were like, do you know what? I felt good about make, uh, buying that product. I didn't feel like coerced into it and I actually got what I paid for. And then I want to go buy more things from you because I like know you like you and trust you. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's, again, those psychological no like trust thing, whoever coined that first, I guess it's been made famous by people like Jay Abrahams and Dan Kennedy, people like that, right? And that's never going out of fashion either. So I like the evergreen nature of this. So I guess one of the reasons, let's, let's plunge into this particular problem one of the reasons that amazon sellers get obsessed about the first sale is because it's often the last sale isn't it if you're selling on the amazon space so i don't know how much of your clients uh, are focused solely on that space but how do you suggest we even begin to think about having a lifetime customer value when it's amazon's customer this is one of the starting point problems i'd like to solve yeah 100 percent. so you know obviously you've got a benefit if you're in a a recurring product model, right? If anything that's a consumable that people can buy over and over again, which which is fantastic. And at the other part, it's about the customer experience. So if, if you've got ways and means of adding extra value through the whole buying journey, yes, obviously Amazon's got control of some of the fulfillment process and stuff like that. But if you can potentially include some things in as a, as a free gift and things we like that, that guides people to go and repeat purchase from you again and again and again, then basically re- really in a, a modern e-com society and in, in a modern world right now, it's not that hard to be better. Quite often, you just need to be different. So it's, it's about going, okay, let's look at firstly that first sale, what else would people need at that point, right? So if if I'm going to go and sell a physical product, what kind of digital product could I put as a free bonus with it or something like that, that maybe I can have like a little postcard that goes with, with the product that goes out and it says, hey, here's your free digital download of this as well. Like how can I make the use of the product as easy as possible? So then people naturally want to refer other people to that thing. Right, and they go, hey, I've got this thing. Hey, check out how easy it is to use. So for example, not quite so much the Amazon space, but I used to have my own e-com store and we sold bridesmaids dresses. And one of the things that we found with the bridesmaids dresses is they were these multi-way dresses, right? So they had like 18 different ways you could wear them. And people didn't know all the ways you could wear them. So we created this ways to wear guide where basically I took a photo of my wife in every single style. And then we took photos at each stage of the journey and turned it into this like 40, 40 page ways to wear guide. So when they got to the wedding day, they were like, oh wow, look at all the different ways we can wear it. And then they all started talking about it more and more because you created this factor where people could share something. So when you're creating a shareability factor with the product as well, that can really help. Now, the second part of that is like the way that you write the copy, right? Are you helping people resonate with you um, and resonate with the story of the business? Uh, And you don't want to go into like massive detail in that, right? Because you've only got a very short amount of real estate on on Amazon to to hit that point. One of our clients like teaches people how to sell on Amazon. And I know one of the biggest things that they talk about is the photographs, right? You've got to make sure you've got professional photographs all the time. Otherwise, people are not even going to click to the listing and see the copy. So once they get to that page and you've got those great, great photographs, they stand out from everyone else's, you know, you've got all your technical side with all your keywords and everything like that. Once they get to the page, it's also then about like, are, are you telling the story? Are you bringing people closer to you or further away? Do they resonate with you or do they kind of get switched off and just like look at it as a commodity product? So when it's talking about conversational copy, 
some of the things you know as as we're going through whether we're creating the product listing or we're putting a little bit of description of, like about the company or whatever that thing is we write it in such a way you may have thought this you probably you might have thought this right so for example michael if i said to you what whatever you do i don't want you to think about a pink elephant on roller skates right now so that all right one, yeah. first thing you do is thinking a pink elephant on roller skates right that's it's using embedded commands in the copy so one of the ways like for example if you're doing that in may, may, maybe you found yourself with this problem uh, and if you have you've probably found this being a problem as well right when you're in the main body copy so then they start thinking about those problems rather than just saying it solves this in terms of just giving the feature right so you've got and i learned this from todd brown is you've got benefit right emotional benefit dimensional benefit so you've got the overall like feature benefit so it's just like it does this thing which does this right and then you've got the emotional benefit how does that how is that different for you and then you've got the dimensional benefit in terms of imagining yourself using that now how would that be different Okay, right. so dimensional benefit, that sounds like typical sort of American marketing speak to be able to sell somebody a course. So it sounds like to me, future pacing in NLP terms, if you're using the word embedded command. So it sounds like we're in the world of NLP, which I used to work for somebody for a while doing some sales for them in, in that world. So I've got some tangential knowledge of that. So just embedded commands, we've sort of mentioned that, don't think about a pink elephant, all that stuff. Tell me, uh, let's just define what those are uh, for those who haven't come across that and, and why they matter so much, because I think that's going to be a key thing that people often miss so so in terms of what what embedded commands are that they're, they're using certain words or certain phrases that really start to get people thinking about the thing that you want them to think about right so like if you look at the word uh, command that's to get someone to command someone to do something right and the word embed is like to push within so the word embedded command together that's using words and phrases in such a way that guides people to think about what you want them to think about. So, for okay. example, don't think about a pink elephant on roller skates. That yeah. situation is getting you to now think about that because I've used the word think. Okay. Could you give us a marketing example from uh, preferably an e-commerce one? Yeah. So if if you – I'll take the example of like um, bridesmaids dresses, right? So – May, maybe right now you, you've been thinking how how am I going to find a bridesmaid's dress that works for everyone right so then you're planting that thought in the head they, they probably already got the back of the mind anyway but you're bringing it to the forefront looking to increase your online sales join ecom events at one of their four events throughout the USA Miami in January San Diego in March Minneapolis in July and New York City in October the conference offers learning tips and tools needed to increase your sales networking food and refreshments prize drawing and lots of fun for all seller levels head on over to www.e-comevents.com and register today with promo code amazing to save $50 off your ticket cost. So you may have been thinking, how am I going to find a bridesmaid's dress that fits everyone? How am I going to find, I've got so many bridesmaids right now and there's always one that doesn't like the thing that the others like, right? 
And then adding things like right at the end, when you make a statement that they would naturally agree with, then you write at the end of it as a question, then naturally then you get this yes momentum and getting people nodding their head, right? Yeah, so, so putting in tag questions, yeah, it's a classic salesman's thing. So, Paul, you'll find that talking to podcast hosts is quite annoying when they interrupt you, right? Or isn't it? Or doesn't it? And all that stuff. Yeah, I, I get By the way, so that the idea of entering the conversation in the prospect's head is in another old copywriting one, which seems to be what you're referring to, that you were saying something's at the back of them, their mind, but you'll bring it to the fore of their mind, which is a, a nice way of thinking of embedded commands. It's not kind of going in a random direction. It's, it's kind of getting what's there and pulling it out. Is that is that more or less it? Yeah, and also, you know, just sometimes the language patterns that you're using as you're going through, as you're going through the copy, it's it's not always writing grammatically correct. Okay, so for example, we we've used things more in the in the course space and things like that, but also you can potentially use some of these phrasings. So, for example, just like how would you speak normally if you're speaking to someone in a conversation? How would you write then? And then write in a similar way with some of the copy that you're writing that naturally links with how they would like, oh, this person seems like they get it, right? Rather than it coming from this corporate perspective, we've been in business since 1974 and all, all those kind of things, right? It's just like meeting people where they're at because this world of social media that we're in right now, people want to be social. Uh, and yes, they want to see you as a professional company in terms of am I going to get a good quality product? And if they feel like they resonate with you, then they're naturally going to buy from you over and over again. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, I ban some of my, my clients if I consult on some of the copy for their listing sometimes from using the word durable because nobody ever says that word. They say it lasts a long time or some words like that. Words of one syllable often are, are quite powerful, I think. So, yeah, I totally get that. And yeah, people fall into that trap. I think they fall into the trap, don't they, of thinking, I need to look professional, I you know, to get the trust that people think we're a serious company. And they talk in corporate speak as opposed to having really super quality photos, which give the impression of quality without you saying a word right i think that's yeah. often the key so there's quite a smorgasbord of of questions that we've got to choose from here i'm just sort of rubbing my hands into king this is exciting stuff well let's talk about how we actually go about this now. so we've got the basic principles we've got some ideas of embedded commands a few examples mm. what's the sort of is there a sort of step-by-step -step process or a sort of way of doing it that's standard or is every case kind of unique yeah so something obviously you don't own a list when you're on amazon Okay, so you, you you haven't really got that ability to survey your audience in the same way. However, there's people in your market that do have that list. And there's people in your market that you can potentially collaborate with. Now, one of the things that we do in order, and you said before about the word durable, right? If no one's using the word durable, why would we use it in the copy? So one of the things that we look at <coughs> is don't try and reinvent the wheel when you're writing what you want to write use the words that are already out there that people are using right now. So uh, the first thing that you can potentially do is if you've got someone you can collaborate with, maybe it's a competition or whatever like that, or maybe it's just like, hey, you've already got a network of people that you could send a survey out to, okay? You take that, take those survey results once you've got the answers to that, analyze that data and actually then look at the language patterns that all your customers are using. So if it's like, hey, what's the biggest thing that you're struggling with with regarding to whatever your product solves? Right. And then you may be saying, so let me give you the example. If you've ever made, let's say your broadband's gone down, right? And you ring up your telephone provider and you're just like, 
hey, I'm so frustrated. I've been waiting for this for days and it's still not working. Then I know you're really angry, Michael. I know you're really angry. And you're like, no, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated, right? Because they didn't use your language patterns. Mm. So we've got to create that level of un- understanding there. And this, the second way of doing that, especially for Amazon, is going through all the reviews of yours and your competitors, right? And then picking out those language patterns, having that, putting it all in a Google sheet, just like, you know, go and, go and hire a, a VA or or go and do it yourself if you're just, if just getting started and go through all those Amazon uh, reviews, copy and paste them all, bam, 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 put them all into a Google sheet and then look for the patterns. What are people saying over and over again? What are the people saying they love? What are people saying they hate? Okay, and then what can you improve upon in the way that you put your messaging out there or maybe how you can improve your own product, right? How can you make those improvements? And this is really helpful at scale with your own product because you can see what people love about your product and then focus on that in your in your descriptions. And at the same time, if you're just getting started, focus on what the people say they love about your competitor stuff and talk about that stuff. And then the stuff that they say they hate, talk about how it isn't anything like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like this because one of the things that strikes me is that people obsess about images, but, and they want to, they, they think quite rightly. And by the way, most people don't do this to be fair. The really good brands have a look and feel. They have a palette. And if you're really, really lucky, they have a brand style guide. Like very few people do that, but they should. But most people don't think about the style of language that you use and starting with the raw material being what your customers actually say elsewhere, maybe, and then crafting your language and style around that. I think it's really critical because otherwise there's this feeling that English is just English and it's not true. You, you can be formal, you could be down with the kids, you could be anything in between, right? So I, I really like this because I see this very rarely on Amazon. So that tells me this is an opportunity to be better, I think. I mean, what do you see when, when you look at sort of Amazon listings? I know you're mostly in, in slightly different space, but yeah. what would you say are the big mistakes that people are making I mean, uh, in this space? Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I buy a lot of stuff off Amazon, right? So I'm, of course, yeah. I, I, I'm on Amazon a lot. And so, for, for example, some of, the, some of the best gold is also in those reviews, not not just because of the language patterns that are being used, but some of those testimonials are like stories within themselves, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> some of the best copywriters are guys writing the re- guys and girls writing the reviews, and, and they tell this like amazing story of uh, how they came to where they are. So you know, bait, putting some of those things into the listing, weaving those things in, can be really really important. And then the yeah the the other part is like. I think just creating the picture in the person's mind that is that is really key because most of the products right on Amazon is like a commodity it does this this is a feature this is a feature this is a feature and I know you referred it to before before like old marketing tricks it, I, I hate the word tricks I, I think it's I think it's more of a hey these are foundational marketing principles that have stood the test of time fair enough <laughs> so ba- based on based on those principles if you look at what works is the most important thing is hey can f- well here's a question we ask ourselves first before i buy any product i need to run a successful test drive in my mind okay so imagine when you go and buy a new car right you go and buy a new car and before you've even started driving it you've thought all the way on the way there, the kind of car you want to get. 
And when you go and get that car, then you can sit in it and you go, does this feel like the test drive in my mind that I already had of going, how, how am I going to feel? How am I going to look? How am I going to act when I drive that car? It's the same thing with your product. So when people are going through your product listing, so on and so forth, are they doing that test drive in their mind of going, huh, yeah, that's what I want. That That's what's going to fix for me, right? And then looking at all the different scenarios of what situations would occur. So I, I read I read some the other day. I think it was for, oh, what was it? I can't remember exactly what the product was for, but the, the way the copy was crafted all the way through, it was like, you know, imagine you're going on a date night and, and it, it basically it told this story of like, I think it was a surround sound system. That's what it was. Right. And it, and it took about six different situations based on like if you're having a date night, if you're having a like having the lads round kind of thing, if you just if you wanted to do have the football on, whatever that was. And it kind of walked you through each one of those situations. So, you know, you've got your romantic date and then it walked through and then the next night, you know, you've got the lads round for the football and then these and then it showed the feature, but it also showed the benefit and then the dimensional benefit and then walking yourself through that. Now I'm gonna go and buy a new surround sound system soon when we move house and I'm gonna be thinking about that one that I looked at and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Right? Because it's memorable rather than it just being generic like about the twenty others that I looked through at the same time. Because we browse a lot on Amazon, right? So we need to stand out from the rest. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. I I like that. And it's another NLP thing coming in there. I guess it's future pacing, isn't it? In other words, if somebody's thinking about something in the future and you bring that to the forefront of their mind and then take them further along that journey, then you're basically getting to imagine using the product, which is a classic thing. And by the way, when it talks to car sales, I, I used to have a friend of mine, he was wasn't somebody to emulate in terms of ethics i would say but he, he used to sell used cars and like a lot of used cars salesmen he, he had ticked some of the cliche boxes but my god he was good at sales and he did exactly this stuff and it's it's in every single walk of life these psychological principles turn up again and again as you say maybe the principles not tricks my, my bad for saying that but it's just like the pink elephant thing comes up a lot as an example i always think nobody buys pink elephants but i know what you mean Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the 10K Collective podcast, uh, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. If you enjoyed today, you're not alone. I thought that was a really great uh, conversational copywriting conversation. Uh, So uh, lots of things to take away from this. I think really uh, one of the things is really that as Amazon sellers, we don't have to be just Amazon sellers. I think it's really important. And a lot of people theoretically know this. Uh, Some people even have our own Shopify store. But the reality is most people bring most of their revenue from Amazon into the private label and brand sellers I know. However, I think there's lots that we can take from the e-commerce store owner world, even if that's not your main focus. And um, I think a few things. First of all, your Amazon copy can be full of the right kind of copy. Embedded commands are very, very interesting. If you didn't catch what those were, go back and have a listen for that. Um, Getting the marketing dialed in on the audience. I think surveying your audience is really hard if you're just relying on Amazon, but that's a reason to not just rely on Amazon. Go and collaborate with somebody or find and develop your own audience. You can go through reviews and really dialing in the language for the uh, actual market that you're going to seems to be to me the key takeaway from today and i cannot argue with that at all um paul actually doesn't offer services at the moment directly for e-commerce sellers he's focused on helping um 
business owners of uh, information type products, uh, particularly courses, online digital courses to scale. Uh, if you're a seven figure e-commerce seller, the chances are, in my experience, that you are going to end up selling your own courses or some kind of mentoring as most of my friends do who get to that stage, um, I, you know, joining me in that, that sort of info product world that I've been myself for several years now as well. If you're not there yet, then you may want to just uh, come and have a chat to me about your copy on Amazon. Obviously, I'm very, very Amazon specialist and I uh, am pretty good at finding the ways that you could tweak your listing copy. So it's a bit cheeky for me to offer my services on the back of uh, Paul's stuff. But if you are an e-commerce, uh, sorry, if you are a course creator and seller, then you will want to check out Paul's stuff. It's really, really powerful stuff at uh, the following link, which is amplifyccom.com. That is amplifyccom.com. And yes, the word com twi comes twice in that URL. But otherwise, you may want to check out what I have to offer, the mentoring system. Um, that's a regular uh, interaction between us, but I can do one-off calls as well. Either which way, amazingfba.com forward slash mentoring is your best starting point. And if you want to book in a one-to-one -one call with me or a sort of one-off project to... Um, adjust your listings on Amazon, then just email me, michael at amazingfba.com. That's michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at amazingf for freddie, b for bertie, a for alpha.com. And I'm happy to have a chat about your needs. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening and uh, hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.